Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Up podcast. In this episode, we're going to start a cooking special uh, where we're just going to chat about some of the things that I like to do uh, with my wild game and some fish and whatnot. So just label it part one with anticipation that we'll have a part two, three, four, who knows, because uh, I'm sure Dre will want to chime in on this as well. But I've had uh, some fun messing around with some different things in the kitchen, and this is the time of year to really dive into that when it's winter, it's negative whatever outside, and there's some time to, to play around with some recipes and not all, anything to, to do too terrible much except maybe do some ice fishing and maybe a little shed hunting and depending on where you are. So um, that's that's where, I, where I'm at. I'm not able to do too terrible much, even, even the cooking, just with uh, my living situation. You all know... And I moved to South Dakota and looking for a house, trying to find a place to live, a place to record uh, podcasts, and even recorded a few sitting in my truck. And so I looked at a house today, maybe. It's got a nice little spot and make a good studio out of it uh, to record and also be a good hunting gear room and whatever else. So trying to find that. It's just not the easiest thing. As as many of you know, the, the housing market's pretty rough all over the place. And there's not a whole lot of options. So I'm making do in an apartment right now, which is not for me whatsoever. But I will deal. So, really want to thank all of you listeners for listening as much as you do. And uh, we've been getting some questions in, so please... Uh, if you got uh, some questions, and I'm, I don't expect me to have the answers, but I, I want to have some questions prompted to me that I can go research and find out some answers for you. So please send us your questions, and we'll have a Q&A episode here in the future. 
Next episode, we're going to do with uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, or one of the next uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We've got two different ones. We need an update on Colorado uh, to see what's going on in, in that state as far as hunting. It may just be back this year to do a little little hunting. We'll see kind of what what uh, what life brings. So uh, that may need to just happen. Also, Drea's got an episode coming up with a CPW representative about something. Sorry, Drea, I don't know what it's about. Uh, and then we'll probably do another cooking portion sometime this winter. And then we've got, I've got an interview just here this week with Onyx. They have some new things that they're releasing that I'm kind of excited to hear about. And we'll hear kind of what that's, what they got in the works. So let's get rolling with this episode. Uh, some of the things that you should try and do in the kitchen is be creative and figure out what you can do with your with your wild game to to maybe bring those folks in a little closer to that uh, don't really eat wild game too terrible much or um, a fun thing to do with friends and my wife does not eat wild game she she'll eat uh, a little bit of ground meat here and there maybe a, a back strap but that's about it that's just she didn't grow up with it. It wasn't her thing. And so I'm challenging myself to try and find some of those recipes that just are amazing, are the the absolute best recipes out there so that even she really wants to eat it. So try and uh, mess around with some of these. Um, you've got a lot of it. If you were successful, you've got a lot of meat. Otherwise, it's normally you go to the store, buy a pound or two here and there, so you don't have too terrible much and you don't probably have when you're talking about beef anyway um at that time when you buy in the store you probably have a steak and maybe some burger but when you butcher your whole animal you've got a variety of cuts that that it's pretty fun to mess around with so first on my list actually before i get to that uh a little plug for my work uh at south Dakota game fishing parks if you google or on youtube the outdoor campus rapid city you can find some videos that I put together there. We, there's a couple of recipes that we've been doing there, so go check those out. Um, mine are a touch different than that uh, that I'm going to talk about, but I'll overlap a couple. So the first one on my list is some fish cakes, and this is something I messed around with last fall, and I did it again here for like a little Valentine's meal thing, and I did it with the wrong fish species. This is not meant to be done with trout. I am not crazy about trout. Everybody I fed with them, fed them to, they loved them, even though they were made with trout. Something about trout, I just, I don't like fishing for them necessarily, unless it's on a fly, and I don't like eating them. So, sorry uh, if you're one of the millions that do, because that's not me. Uh, I'd rather eat a walleye and a perch and a crappie or whatever, so... That is the best fish, I think, to, to make these fish cakes out of. And it was a very simple recipe. I didn't follow anything really all that that uh, to the T. Uh, but what you do is just take any kind of fish, and I think a really good fish to do this with or person to feed this to is like a little kid and a fish that is bony. So if you puree all the, the meat, then it grinds up all those little bones and you have to worry about your kid choking on a bone. So that was, that's what I did this first time around. And my kid ate like three of these things. He loved them. 
So what you do is take, I don't know, a pound, pound and a half of uh, some fish. I'd suggest even some some bass of some sort, walleye, um, northern. You can do it with quite a few different species of fish. But with that fish species, grind it up almost to a puree in a food processor. Then add in uh, some salt and pepper, of, some, of course. Uh, I've, I tried a little Old Bay on this last recipe, but what I really liked was something a little bit more herby. Uh, I tried, uh, I know that may not be a word, but I use it anyway. Uh, I used some of the, some of the meat eater seasoning, the, the white one, the pecan one of some sort. I don't even know what it's called, but that in there was probably the best. Um, so mix, mess around with just your different seasonings in there. You can do some different things. Uh, a spoonful of some sour cream, spoonful of mayo. Uh, and then you got to just start adding breadcrumbs to get it to a point where you can handle it. Cause otherwise it's really sticky, uh, and, and you can't form a ball out of it. So add breadcrumbs and just keep pureeing it until it gets to be something you can handle. Make a little ball about the size of a half dollar and then squish them flat. Uh, you don't want them to be too terrible thick because then they won't puff up in the middle and they'll just be a dense fish cake. A nice, light, fluffy fish cake is what you really want. And I think once you add a lot of that breadcrumbs, it gets less less fluffy. So you got to find that balance in there. You don't want to add too, too terrible many. So anyway, you got your little ball. You squish it flat, and then you're going to dunk that in some panko just to bread it. So you've got breadcrumbs on the inside, and you got bread or panko on the outside get your oil up to about 350 or so maybe a little higher it may needs to be hot 350 to to 380 i think somewhere in there it needs to be good and hot because if you set it in there too soon it's going to start soaking up the oil and not add any great flavor to it so get that nice and hot drop your fry or your uh, patties in there Flip them once they're golden brown, and you can deep fat fry them in in uh, some thick or a lot of uh, deep oil, or you can just do like a small little bit. But the handy thing is when you're when you got a decent amount of it and they start to float up, that's when you know they've kind of uh, popped in the middle and they're good to go. So that with a little tartar sauce is really good. And I've done a lot of fried fish before, but never in that way. And I'm going to be adding that in to the repertoire of eating fish. So try that. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. My wife and I had some steak and potatoes and uh, what else do we have? I don't remember. Uh, but it was good. Oh, some little candied carrots because we had some extra carrots. That was really good. Uh, we did a recipe also for the game for my work. And we had some Brussels sprouts, bacon, and, and butter as a side on there. But anyway, down to the, the back strap that we had. Uh, we had steak. Uh, I got her a New York strip because that's what she likes. I took some of my elk back strap. And it was, we did it just a little differently. And it was one of the best back straps I've had. And I think I've said that a dozen times in my life. So I don't know which time was completely accurate. Uh, but we're in an apartment and it's negative. 12 degrees outside right now so we were not grilling and i i didn't have an i don't really have my real grill here anyway so it wasn't going to turn out right so we've got a cast iron skillet and a little plug for cast iron skillets 
use those as much as possible. I made some uh, chicken noodle soup the other day and actually made it in the cast iron. You could see the different color of the broth uh, versus what I did in just like a Teflon pan and it tasted 10 times better. You could just tell. So anyway, back to my steak. I've got about inch to inch, inch and a quarter uh, hunks of hunks of uh, backstrap that I cut. And I always just like to throw a little olive oil and some kosher salt. And then the Weber steak seasoning. That's kind of our, been our favorite. So I'll put that on there. And then my wife mixed up some butter and parsley and some garlic. Kind of mix that all up. I put that in the bottom of the pan, let that kind of melt through my steaks in there and constantly spoon fed some of that butter over top of the steak. Uh, And I only flipped that thing once, got it nice and charred on one side, charred on the other side. And so it was only had about three eighths of an inch, like brown on the outside on each side. And it was pink all the way through nice and nice and pink or red. So it was definitely a rare steak. And in my opinion, rare to medium rare is the only way to eat some wild game for sure. As long as it's not bear. But anyway, uh, having that, that rare to it and that butter and the garlic and all of that cooked just a little differently than you would have on a grill was really, really good. So I'll try that. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Next recipe that I have been messing around with a lot are my ribs. And I try, try, try to take ribs out of the field whenever I can. I'm pretty loaded up on ribs right now. And that's, I've never really done that before the last two years. And I was missing out. The ribs are some amazing cuts. They're just kind of a a pain to deal with, but you can, you can, you can manage. They're pretty manageable once you, once you figure it out. The only tricky thing is, is cutting the bone. I would like to have, like if you had a loppers, just to cut through the bone and get the rib chunks in, say about a, oh, eight inch by six inch little squares. I don't clean off too terrible much of that flank and the extra meat, those layers that are sitting on top. I just try and get rid of as much of the fat or tallow that's there because that does not add to the flavor. It's horrible. So cut that off as much as you can. The rest of it stuff, it's slow cooked, so it's going to liquefy to the top, and you'll be good. So this is the way that's been working for me, and it's not perfected yet. I know there's another method I could do here with either my smoker uh, or maybe even in the oven. I'm not sure. Um, But I took a crock pot and filled it almost all the way up, load it with ribs so that they're completely submerged. And you put that on low for eight hours, six hours, six to eight hours. That's what it is. No less than six. 
what happens is you start to get that fat coming up and all the other stuff, the silver skin and all that's going to liquefy. It's going to float to the top there. Uh, you can't tell it's there because it's liquefied. But once it cools and hardens, you'll know it's there. And sometimes if that cools and hardens on the roof of your mouth, it do, it's not very appetizing. So you can either, over time, scoop that out with a cup and dump it out or and replace it with some new stock. Or uh, when it is all done, hold that meat down in there, dump it out. Because otherwise, if you pick those ribs up through, the, through that fat layer, it will literally grab back onto that those ribs and uh it'll be it'll be there through the cooking process so i'm trying to think that if i do those on the on the smoker they'll still be as fall off the bone and tender uh with maybe getting rid of some of that that uh, tallow flavors yeah so that that would be the if you can manage the tallow it'll be some of the best ribs you have i'm not kidding so we've got our ribs cooked slow cooked whatever fashion you want to try doing it then take uh, some dry rub, your barbecue dry rub, whatever it is. Again, my favorite is the mediator uh, barbecue rub that they have, or it's in their cookbook. You can try that. And then I throw it on the grill just enough to sear it. And then once I flip it over, that's when I throw barbecue sauce on the top of that so that caramelizes so that both sides are, are seared. Pull that off, put it on a plate, you're good to go. Uh, the barbecue sauce that I choose and will always choose is Old West barbecue sauce. It's out of South Dakota. It's a sweeter barbecue sauce. I do not do spice. Uh, I'm a giant wimp with that, and I don't care. <laughs> I like my sweet barbecue sauces, and this stuff is better than Sweet Baby Ray's and anything else that I've had. I really, really like it. So there's some ribs. Try that. My next recipe is some sous vide duck. I haven't shot a mallard in some time. So I really haven't duck on it in a while. But maybe being back in South Dakota is something that I can get back into. Uh, but this was a really simple recipe. And if you haven't done any sous vide, uh, it's kind of a handy way to, to not miss that doneness window. So with that, I took a... Uh, duck breast put it in a food saver bag shrink wrapped or whatever you call that um so there's there's uh um it's just in the bag with some ghee butter g-h-e-e a little bit of that some salt and pepper um on it and then throw in a hunk of where's my recipe i'm looking at my stuff here, trying to share that a uh, hunk of thyme and ghee butter yeah that's all it was hunk of, of ghee butter and thyme and then seal that little bag up try and get as much air out of that as possible so it doesn't float and then what you can do is put that at 130 degrees for one to four hours somewhere in there cook that pull it out of the bag Sear it on both sides. You can salt and pepper again, sear it on both sides on a grill. And that's an amazing steak. Even though it's a duck breast, which I've never really thought much about doing a, uh, do a, uh, uh, any kind of 
steak with, but it was really good. Oh, here's my rest of my sous vide duck. Oh, 128. Jeez, I was way off. I did a sous vide steak. There's my correction. Uh, sous vide duck is uh, we take that that steak, we thaw it, pat it dry, salt and pepper in a bag, add some ghee butter, thyme, and garlic. Don't forget that. 128 degrees, 30 minutes per half inch, and then grill it to finish it off. It's really, really good. Next on my list is not wild game whatsoever, but just a tasty little addition that you should have while you're you're grilling and entertaining some people. It's just some French bread. Go to the store, get a good good uh, loaf of French bread on a plate. Get uh, some garlic, a couple tablespoons of oregano, a quarter cup of Parmesan cheese, quarter cup of balsamic balsamic vinegar, and a little black pepper, and then a half cup of olive oil. Mix that all up and then just rip off hunks of bread and dip that in there. And it's a really, really good uh, little little uh, appetizer while you're cooking and chatting and doing what else in the kitchen. Next thing I've done uh, recently in the last year was mess around a little bear fat. Uh, buddy gave me a hunk of bear fat from a while ago. I hear that does go bad in the freezer after a while. I don't know if mine did or not. But I think I rendered it a little, a little wrong or a little too long. I'm not sure. So all I did was was boil that. I would do a real quick boil on that if I were to do that again. So uh, I do want to get some more bear fat. So uh, any of my buddies listening, make sure you save me a little, little bear fat. Unless I'm coming back to Colorado and I can actually, uh, I might throw in the hundred dollar bear tag. Who knows? So make sure. Save me a little bear fat. Uh, that's that's been a really kind of a fun thing to do, and I can't wait to get my house again where I I can uh, mess around with that some more. But just taking instead of using olive oil or vegetable oil and whatever you're cooking, using some sort of animal fat. Uh, I want to do that even with just some like pork fat of some sort. Have some of that render down, ready to go, and then. Uh, it, it just changes the the flavor of your food quite a bit. So another great way to to do that similar uh, steak recipe is throw in some animal fat instead of some plant based oils and things like that. So really good way to to get some some quality flavor. Another recipe I did at work was a stuffed backstrap. Using butcher's twine is one of those things that you just need to have because uh, there are a lot of recipes that pop up. I'm not going to tell you much about that one. Go check that one out. It's on my work's YouTube page, Game Fishing Parks Outdoor Campus, Rapid City. The next one, I am pretty partial to it. This has been a really good opportunity to use a crappy cut of meat. Uh, the shanks are always a pain, and I got a lot of buddies that will just kind of shave that off and throw it in the grind pile, but it, it just taints your your grind pile and it's you'll never get all that stuff out of there the easiest way honestly is just to cut it off at the joint so you got one whole shank and freeze it that way then that entire thing uh just goes straight into a crock pot for a long period of time or not a long period but you know uh four hours six hours somewhere in there 
and that meat just comes right off. You take a fork and you flake it. Now you got shredded meat, which is the same thing that you can use in some tacos or um, some pulled pork, whatever. Doesn't matter. You've got shredded meat. You can use it for anything you would use burger for. And uh, you're, you've used a, a good hunk of hunk of that meat in an easy way, and it's not all ending up in in uh, burger. Similar method is some mountain lion sandwiches. We did I did an, a video on that. That's that's on that same YouTube channel. So check that out. And all I did there was uh, take my wife's pulled pork recipe, where she takes a pork loin, and in this case I took a mountain lion hunk. I don't even know what cut it was, uh, but took that and put it in a crock pot and took 20 ounces of Dr. Pepper, filled that up. So it fills, uh, fills the crock pot to about halfway or so, and then turn that on low for six-ish hours or so. That then is nice and tender, and you can shred it. Uh, pull it out of the Dr. Pepper. You don't want all that moisture, but pull it out of there, shred it, add some Old West barbecue sauce, um, and that is a great, great sandwich. I think I even threw a little, uh, barbecue rub on top of it before I, before I slow cooked it. So just, to, so it's cooking through a little bit more seasoning, but that's a, a really, uh, great way to, to use, have some pulled pork sandwiches, kind of that, that, uh, typical graduation meal that, uh, every kid has in the Midwest at their high school graduation is a pulled pork sandwich and you could do it with mountain lion. So there's, there's a couple little themed meals that you can try totally different from bear fat to bony fish to ribs and shank and mountain lion. Some of those odd cuts. Uh, but I didn't even think it was that odd when I was making this, this meal. Oh, and duck. Um, but but I, I would rent and rave and see these are some of my go-to, like I want to impress somebody with a good meal. These are the ones I'm going to go to and try. So there's a, a few for you. If you got a few you want to share and uh, that uh, I can give you credit for, uh, send in your recipes and we'll share them just to better each other and uh, help each other get some better recipes in the kitchen and help our wives eat some more wild game if they don't. So... Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you send in any questions, comments you got. Love to hear them. And we look forward to those next episodes with Onyx and CPW. So, again, thanks for listening. We'll chat with you later. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.